Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. I just want to ask one quick favor before we jump into this episode. You know, I've been organically growing this podcast for over five years, and I need your help to keep the momentum going. There's two things you can do. One is leaving a five-star rating on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spotify is a lot easier. You'll see the rating button right at the top. Apple Podcasts, you have to scroll down the page a little bit and you'll see a write a review button. Additionally, if you want to share this out with your audience on your social channels, text it to a friend or colleague or family member, whatever you have to do to pass this along to individuals that you find may need the help and may be looking to get started. So either of those things or both of you like would be appreciative so I can get this podcast out to more individuals and we can help more people get started and move in the right direction to a more happy and fulfilling life. So thanks again for your help. And grateful to have you here on another episode. Let's get it started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. Today, I'm welcoming in Jeff Wickersham, who is a sought-after mental toughness and peak performance coach who helps guide clients to close the gap between their potential and where they're at right now. Jeff's a number one best-selling author, Tony Robbins award winner, podcast host, and creator of the four-step morning fire methodology. Jeff is a practitioner of what he teaches. He's completed two David Goggins 4x4x48-mile run, runs, which I actually want to talk to you about, Jeff. Uh, has meditated for 1,836 straight days and taken an ice bath or cold shower 1,491 straight days. If you have that itch that you can be more, do more, want more, Jeff can help you get there. So Jeff, I'm excited to welcome you in and uh, welcome to the podcast. Brian, thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, uh, Man, I love talking about it. I mean, I look at my journey and like all the transition I have, and a lot of it was because I've improved my mindset. I've, you know, tried to think differently about the world. I've kind of realized that I'm wrong with most everything I knew and I, and I had to improve. And just some of the stuff that you're doing and where you're helping folks, I'm like, oh, this will be, this will mesh really well. So uh, yeah, thanks for joining here. Uh, we'll get into the Goggins stuff soon because Goggins is, I, I love him. But um, I always like to start off to talk with folks about, you know, how did they get on this path? You know, what, what was some things that happened in their life to kind of get them off of maybe where they were going and all of a sudden change the, the gears? And I don't know if I'm wrong here. You know, sometimes the internet, you know, you can't trust everything you, you read, but it seemed like maybe something was going on in the 2015 to 2017 region of your life. I'm not sure if that's where your kind of getting started moment was, but can you share kind of what helped you on this path to want to coach folks, want to help folks, want to kind of change the the paradigm there. Yeah. And I, I would say it's, it's two really examples and, and stories. And, and number one, a little over eight years ago, unfortunately I lost my mom to breast cancer. So I watched the, uh, the woman that brought me into this world, leave this world, right? Literally take her last breath. So when you have that deep searing rooted pain that, that just, you, you can't get rid of you just try and make it through the next day. Right. And, and it's so, difficult going through that that loss of a a parent and that was the first moment because it smacked me with the reality of life right that we're all going to 
die, unfortunately, at some point. And here watching my mom take her last breath and being the oldest of three kids, I was kind of the leader of the family. That night, we had the second crew of the funeral home. It was late on a Sunday night, and they were two gentlemen in their like 80s. And I remember, uh, you know, my parents' house, two floors, they were upstairs, and I saw concern on their faces. And I, I was helping, and I asked, what's going on? They said, we don't know if we can carry her down the steps. So literally that night, looking back now, it was, I jumped into action. I said, I'll carry her. And my brother and I carried my mom in that, you know, dreaded black bag down the steps. So that would be number one, because then all of a sudden, it was like, what do I truly want to do in life? If we get one trip around the sun, one opportunity is what I'm doing right now. The best use of my skills, my passion, my energy. I'm excited to, to wake up every single day and just have that gift of another day where I'm standing upright. So that would be the first example. And then 10 months later, I was in corporate America at the time. I was told you either need to relocate to New York or Arizona, I was working virtually outside of Philadelphia, or your job would be eliminated. Now, I had a little bit of a runway, and that was the second trigger to say, okay, maybe the universe is pointing me in a different direction. And I still remember the conversation with my wife at dinner that I was going to start my own gym business. And she said I was crazy and, and that, not that polite of terms, but I said, that's what I'm going to do. And, and then what organically grew out of the gym business, which I later shut down due to COVID, was that mental toughness, that peak performance, the battle, Brian, that you face, that I face, that every single person on this planet faces in between their ears. And I saw it in people coming into my gym. People would put an application in, fill out 20 questions. I'd call, text, email, video message, and they wouldn't respond. A large portion of them wouldn't respond. Well, why is that? Because immediately that negative voice says, oh, you can't do it. It's not possible, right? So, so those were two examples of how I got here. Now, there's been many iterations, like you said. Right. We, we've got to unlearn what we've learned. And, and I always say, hey, every day is a day for, uh, for growth for, for my two sons. But those are, those are two examples. You know, with your mom, was it quick? In terms of the cancer, was it like, did it, did she battle for a long time or? Yeah, she, she did uh, 17 years on and off. It oh, came wow. back two times after we thought she had, uh, had kicked it. So um, she was a warrior, right? And, and it's why I wear a pink wristband on my right arm. And I, I wear it to remind me of that warrior mentality and that every day is a gift. And hey, I better use today as, as much as possible because you never know when that time might be. Yeah. And you know, it takes events, unfortunately, sometimes like that, as you mentioned, to kind of shake you and be like, wait a minute, is this it? Is this kind of, because I think you get settled. You probably were right in corporate America. You kind of sell, eh, I go to work, I come home. You know, it's kind of, you go through that mundane and you're like, wait a minute, I get one shot at this. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, the Confucius quote of, we have two lives. The second starts, we realize we have one. And it's yeah. kind of like, wow, you know, like the game, can change if you want it to change, right? Um, and that's where I want to spend some time today because like one of the things I was challenged with, and I know a lot of people I talk with are challenged, and I, and I would assume a lot of the people you're coaching is challenged with is this bridge that most people have a hard time crossing of I want to change and then committing to the change, right? Because it's one thing to say, oh, I'm going to start going to the gym. You know, right? We hear that a lot in New Year's resolutions, right? I'm going to go to the gym yeah. this year. I'm going to get into it but they don't commit to the change by creating better routines and habits and, and stuff like that. So I, 
maybe start us off like what when I say that, what are your thoughts on the making a change versus committing to making a change? Number one, it all starts with awareness, right? And I love to start with awareness because so many times we've been miseducated. We hear 21 days to create a habit. Well, that's actually like the bare minimum. It could be 67 days now. Science has kind of proven out. So 21 to 67 days. So having an awareness of that is absolutely vital to your success. Because if you think you've made it at 21 days, but yet it's going to take you three times as long, no wonder why you're, you're going to fail. So that, that's one piece I, I love to have an awareness on the science of it, because then you're, you're preparing for success. The other piece is how much of what we do on a daily basis is driven through our habits and rituals. I mean, it can be 90, 95% of what we do is driven by our habits and rituals. And people don't understand that. And that's the fact of why they can't get out of that rut, why they're stuck, why they're on that never-ending hamster wheel, because the mind has a limited capacity, right? It can only burn so many calories a day. It only has so much energy. So anything it can automate, it's going to automate it. And once it's done, you're on autopilot. It's why you go to the grocery store the same way. It's why you brush your teeth the same way. It's why you do so many things throughout your day the same way. And that's why to break that pattern, it's so difficult to change, right? It's, it's simple, but it's difficult. And I would say it's simple because I always tell people, I want you to start so small, so tiny, so easy, it's laughable. Right. If you're going to go hit the gym, no, go for a walk for one minute, like make it so laughable that you can't fail. And that's another piece to the equation. So awareness is number one. Right. Understand the science behind it. Then you're setting yourself up for success. Think of it like a, a math problem. Right. What, what do you need to do? What is the science behind it? Where should you set your you know, if you're going to build a new habit? I would recommend going 70, 90 days and saying, OK, I'm going to commit to this for 90 days because you're getting past that upper threshold. When you understand that, when you have an awareness and then you can implement, you're gonna be much more likely to do what you want to do. Do you encourage folks, because let's take the fitness realm, that's always an easy kind of analogy to make, or is it metaphor, whatever it is, right? It's easy to use fitness as the, the category. Yep. How do you encourage folks to think of, because awareness is one of those things where I, you might have to actually sit and be with your thoughts. You might have to maybe journal and write down something. And that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, right? I was, for me, that was the longest time. It was really hard to sit and actually write down because I had to read that back and be like, oh shit, like you got some effed up stuff here. Like you got to right. figure it out. So is there a place, like if someone was starting, like is there a place you would recommend in terms of the awareness piece to start with? I love going for walks. I mean, I went for a walk before this podcast and I didn't bring my phone with me. I was just listening to nature and being alone with my, our thoughts. We are constantly wired. We're constantly plugged in. We're bombarded by how many different bits and pieces of information, whether it's test messages, email, social media, the news. And we don't take breaks to your point to sit in silence. Like I <laughs> funny story. We watch, you know, the, we were just talking about the, the football games yesterday. I mute the TV a lot of times when the commercials come on. I've got two sons, 14 and 12. My oldest son can't stand it because he doesn't like the uncomfortable silence. I don't want to be programmed by the ads they're, they're putting on there, though, because it's all junk food, gambling, drinking, whatever it is. But it, it's to your point, it's uncomfortable to be silent sometimes, especially when we're plugged in. But when you are silent, when you can get out in nature, 
all of a sudden you can lean into your intuition, right? That, that itch that we've got on the back of our neck that we just can't scratch, that we know there is something there. When you take time to breathe, walk, be in silence, all of a sudden the answers come to you. And you might've been searching for those answers for a very, very long time, but you didn't go through that practice of just getting quiet, being still. It's why I love the mornings, love the time when my family's still sleeping because I'm by myself and I'm in peace and quiet. Well, and, and I want to underscore that point that we, 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 you and I agree on that is like, you know, my mantra for my just get started mission is the only way you discover happiness is you first discover yourself. And the only way you really do that is by, because I think to your point, I think we have the answers. I, I think we all have the answers to like, what's going to make us fulfilled and happy and lead us in the right direction. It's just sometimes hard to accept what the answer is because it's not what maybe social media feed says it should be, or your parents say it should be or whatever it is. Right. And if we can sit in that uncomfortableness and we realize that, wow, there's an opportunity here to really improve and be happier and healthier. I just have to listen to myself. And that's a hard thing to do. You know, that's a really hard thing to do. It, it really is. I mean, it's not a practice we ever get taught right. growing up, right? School, any level of education typically isn't taught by our parents, especially now I'm, you know, raising two sons with digitally wired. I mean, I pay my sons. Yes. They, they have some chores that they do, but one of their chores every week, one of the things they do every week is meditate. I give them 10 bucks and they've got to mark off. They're meditating. They're getting more routine in their gratitude journaling. They're doing these things that to your point, if you don't take care of yourself first, how are you going to show up as that best version of yourself? Why, why was the morning important? Like, obviously, morning's a massive thing. We could do it in the evening. We could do a lot. Like, tell me about the morning. Why is that you feel is the best kind of maybe start? I mean, I know it starts the day when we wake up, but like, why is that the best spot from a habit standpoint? I love the bookends, right? What's the last 30 minutes you do at night? What's the first 30 minutes you do at the morning? We can't control much in this chaotic thing called life. But you can control those bookends, right? Many times you're going to have a half an hour before you go to sleep. Many times you have a half an hour in, in the morning or even less than that, 15 minutes, 10 minutes. I mean, I can condense it down for, for anyone. But controlling what you do to prepare for a great night's sleep and then prepare to stack wins in the morning. At night, many people are, again, wired into their phones, getting blue lights so they're not getting good sleep. And when we sleep, our body basically detoxifies, right? It flushes out. Our brain clears out all the toxins. Our, our body goes through this regeneration you know, process that, that is so vital to wake up well-rested mentally and physically. So preparing for a good night's sleep is essential. And then when you wake up, it's an opportunity to start stacking wins and getting momentum. And I've got two sons. They play basketball. I've coached them in basketball for years. So many people, when they wake up, they play defense, meaning... They're checking email, they're checking social, they're checking the news, and they're getting this dose of negativity. And what happens when you start down that path is you play defense the entire day long. When you play defense in basketball, your knees are bent, your hips are bent, your quads start burning pretty darn quickly. That's how so many people play their days. So I say, heck with that. No distractions when you wake up. Get a full glass of water, stack wins, move, meditate, you know, do these things that, that I've done now for five plus years that I work with my clients on, work with my sons to guide them on. Because when you stack wins, you get this momentum. Then if you get a 
bad email or a rough text, a negative text, you're more equipped to take them on versus getting that negative shot right when you wake up. What, what's your morning routine look like now? So I wake up full glass of water, right? The longest stretch of the day we go without water is when we're sleeping. So we're dehydrated a little bit, full glass of water. I've got some affirmations. Then I'm getting into a little bit of movement, meditation, key piece, gratitude journaling. And then I write notes to my sons, my mom, my late mother was probably the biggest post-it note fan in the history of the world. So I write post-it notes. Maybe they got a basketball game. It's good luck. Maybe it's just a motivational note, but write them notes. And then I uh, either read a page of the book or, or the Bible. How important has it been for you? This is, I'm taking a side road for a minute, but just, I have a 10 year old son and I try to include him in a lot of the things that I'm doing just so he yep. kind of is aware of that. How important has that been for you to include your sons in and make them see like, not just, Hey, here's what pop does, but like he, these are things that work that can make you have a better life. It is so fundamentally who I am as a, as a father. And, and even you saying it, ask me the questions, get me emotional because I'm equipping them with, I love my parents. They were great. I didn't want for anything, but I didn't have any tools to win the mental battle that, that six inches in between my ears. So I feel I'm giving them, them the gifts that I didn't have. My parents didn't have generations haven't had in my family. Right. So I'm breaking that generational cycle. And by showing through action, it is such a powerful way for, for them to see it and then absorb it and implement it in their lives. And there have been countless discussions. They're 14 and 12. Now they hit the gym, they're practicing. They've got goals for 2023, like things that I never did when I was growing up. They've meditated three plus years now, every day before school with me. And take it up till I was 40. I mean, they're going to have 30 years of experience on me. Like what a gift as dads we can give to our kids. And when you unplug from the matrix and, and we're in the personal development space, right? You probably see it. Once we unplug, we can never get back in. And then it's like, okay, who can we help? Obviously being dads, our sons, what a great legacy and, and gift to give them. So by leading by example, having discussions around it, sharing when I have failures or setbacks and I'm getting back up. That's an incredible way to, to lead from. And, and, uh, it's, it's honestly the best part of being a father is being able to give them the things that I wish I had, uh, but, but finally have now in my, my forties and I can give to them at a, at a young age. What, uh, is there any story? I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Was there an aha moment for either or both of them starting the meditation? Like, I'm assuming like the first few days are like, what do I got to do this? Now, maybe not. Maybe they jumped into a full, you know, deep end. But is there any like you, they finally after X amount of weeks or months was like, ah, I get it. Or like, this has helped here. Is there anything that you could share? So number one is when I spoke to him about it, I didn't call it meditation. I just said, do you want, can we breathe together? And, and my youngest son uh, suffers from Crohn's disease. He's doing pretty good, but he, he, had some anger issues related to losing and, and just getting frustrated. So I, I said, meditation would be great. Hey, could we breathe before school? And I've guided them and guided meditation now, but he downloaded, you know, an app and he's using it on his own on the weekends when we don't do it. I don't necessarily know if there was an aha moment. There has been in the journey. 
Like my one son lifting weights, wanted to get a certain weight, got so frustrated he couldn't. I said, hold on. I said, are you open to suggestions? And he said, yes. I said, go in the other room and do the Superman pose. Arms on the side, chin up, pet, you know, uh, chest up, chin down for two minutes. He said, dad, you're, you're crazy. Why? I said, it's a natural boost in testosterone by 23%. And it's a drop in cortisol by 17%. Your courage and your stress. I said, come back out and you'll get the lift in. He did it, came back out, got the lift in. He was like, you're not freaking that shit crazy. You actually know what you're talking about. So when they have success and when you can give them these yeah. little strategies, then they're bought into, wait a second, he, he isn't crazy or he is crazy, but he's crazy good because he knows what he's talking about. So that's just one example. Well, while we're talking about the the kids, and, and obviously I think anyone can, it's not just for kids, anyone can use this, but you had yep. a recent podcast you did, I really like where you talk about the three words to not use, <laughs> should, try, and can't. We actually have can't as a swear word in my house. Nice. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm curious if you could share a little bit, because I love that, because when I heard that, I said, you know, try was one of those that I was intrigued about because I said, you know, I guess I use try a lot because I would think, hey, trying something is better than not, but maybe there's a vocabulary shift here. So, so can you share a little bit about those three words and kind of your perspective on it? Yeah, I, I love it. And I love, love how you said that can't a, a swear word in your house. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, anytime my boys say it or like, I can't, I'll give them like a raised eyebrow on one, one, one eye. And they're like, wait a second. No, then, and they have to rephrase it. So words of doubt, you talked about committed right? As, as we started the podcast and, and how people aren't committed, try, should, can't are words with doubt in them, right? We're half in half out. I always like to say when any, anytime you use those three words, picture yourself in a room, what you want to do is right in front of you, right? That door that you want to go through is right in front of you. When you were use words with doubt, try, can't, should, all of a sudden the door opens up behind you. You have no idea it's there. Your subconscious mind that drives 95% of what you do, it's either helping you or it's hurting you, walks out that back door and there's no way you can go forward into the door you truly want to open. So when we leave doubt into the equation, our mind says it's not important to us. It's not helping us. It's hurting us. And I have created a, uh, a crazy challenge now that I'm not doing the Goggins challenge. And I was having a discussion with my father this morning. He says, well, when you, he's like, holy mackerel, this thing's, this thing is really difficult. He said, when you try it, I said, dad, I said, when I do it, I will not try it. I will accomplish this. Right. And you can just feel it in my speaking about it. Right. So try, should, can't. Once you're again, aware and you hear yourself, Oh, wait, I need to rephrase that differently because when you rephrase it differently, I am, your mind says, holy shit, Brian or Jeff, he means business. We got to figure out a way to get it done. So I don't care if you feel that doubt, don't speak it out into the universe. Speak, I am, and this is what I'm going to accomplish. And you will get growth because the mind will say, this is what we're doing and be your ally versus fighting against you. If I go back, I was kind of kind of piecing things together maybe as an example, but like we've talked about fitness a little bit. You mentioned your son yep. with the lift and stuff, but you know, in terms of the 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 try, um, let's say someone is though 
is trying to accomplish something. They want to accomplish something, but they don't. Maybe it's a race they wanted to do or whatever, and they don't get to the finish line in time, whatever their goal was. How do you encourage your your uh, folks you coach to talk to themselves after? If if it is a, what some might, I don't think, again, we, you and I probably agree, is like failing is great. It's just learning, right? It's just helping you for yep. the next time. But a lot of people don't take it like that. A lot of people think it's a negative. They're the worst people in the world if they don't accomplish a goal. So if they do uh, go after something, and they don't accomplish it, how should they talk to themselves? What is the words that they should be giving? One, I love to dive into, all right, what happened, right? Because we're so quick to hitting ourselves over the, ha- with, over the head with a hammer, right? You just said beating ourselves up. How about become a scientist, get a you know, magnifying glass and say, okay, what happened? And then also see the journey, right? Because I think it's the great late Jim Rome who said, you know, it's not necessarily the goal, it's who you become in the process that is, is so vital to our growth and our success. So many times people miss a target, miss a mission. Okay, you did. You're not the first perfect human being. I'm not. There never was. There never will be. It happens. Taking a magnifying glass, see what went wrong, what went well, what can you work on? All right, constantly growing, constantly growing. So, so many times we're fixated on the result. Versus falling in love with the process. And I was for years. It's still a struggle as we unlearn what we've learned. But there's one thing that is certain in life is you're always going to be on that journey. There isn't a, uh, you know, an island with a white sandy beach and, and crystal blue ocean that you sit on. It's just not. We're constantly on this human journey, this human experience. And when you can fall in love with the process, even when you maybe have a perceived failure, but you you learned more from failure. So what can you learn from it? And then go do it again, right? I mean, David Goggins failed three times doing the pull-up record. Like anybody you see out there has failed so many times. And I think just there's this misconception that we see the highlight reel on social media. Well, they have something that I don't No, They, they probably just have failed more times than you and they've gotten back and up and they gotten back up and they've kept moving forward. Yeah. And I, you know, I found that with at least all the times I failed, it's actually not as bad as we, we think it is. And we real that's, I think that's why the more times you fail, the quicker you get back up and the harder you push, because you're like, oh, this is actually not as bad, but it's when you never are even willing to fail is when you think it's this, the, the hardest thing in the world. Right. right. You know? And that's the thing with Goggins where, you know, I, <laughs> I'm curious. I was, I was thinking of doing, I, I do not like running at all, but I was thinking no. of doing the, the four by four by 48. Uh, how, have, what was that experience like? So I did it first in 2021. And then last year for, for the second time, I've got a former Navy SEAL Wim Hof certified uh, instructor. And he, he said to me last uh, a couple falls ago when we were getting into an ice bath and, and then he said, all right, you got in once. The true grit, the true will is getting in again after you know the pain that, <laughs> that yeah. it ensues. So I said, son of a gun, I got to do this run again. So first time was just all about finishing because I do not enjoy long distance running at all. It was just about finishing. And then the second year was saying, okay, I, I understand what this is about. I know it's going to be painful. I'm going to do it again. So um, it was, it was again, though, preparing, preparing for success, right? Having absolute certainty on the route I'm running, running the same route every single time. 
so I don't need to think about it. Eating the same thing at 11 p.m. after my run on Friday night and then doing the same at 11 p.m. on Saturday night, having my recovery so dialed in where, you know, I'm starting a, an ice cold bath, I'm, I'm eating something, getting in the bath, then getting in leg sleeves, stretching, getting some sleep, like having it so dialed in. And this is what happens and why so many people fail is they actually don't prepare for success. They just say, I'm going to go throw shit against the wall, see if it sticks. And then they, they fail. So, uh, it was, it was a, a true test doing it, doing it twice. I will say the second time I crushed my times over the, the first time, because I knew what I was up against, but, uh, yeah, you, you've got to prepare. And then it's just that, uh, grit when you're running at three in the morning with nobody around is, is pretty cool. Well, I mean, even what you said there is kind of reminds me it's from a habit standpoint, it's like, how do you make them simpler, more achievable? Like, how do you, you know, th this is the whole thing. Again, we go back to fitness or health or whatever. It's like, oh, I want to eat better. Okay, well, let's look at your pantry. Do you have the right food in there? Because if, if you make it easy to grab the potato chips, you're going to grab them. Well, let's eliminate, you know, like you can make habits a lot easier and more achievable if you remove the barriers to those, right? And I think to, to your point, where you're talking about the running is like, let's make it easy. Yeah, the, the track that we go on every time, this is what I eat. And you kind of make it repetitive versus yeah. making it really challenging. And that's where I think, I know I used to fail a lot with from a habit standpoint because I do make it more difficult for myself. Like I remember when I, I this is probably five, maybe about five or six years ago, I was like, oh, I'm gonna start reading in the morning. I'm gonna start getting up at like 5.30. I'm gonna read in the morning. Well, like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna read for 30 minutes or whatever. And I was like, this is stupid. This is not work. And I did it for like a week, right? Okay. Eventually though, and it took me another two years. Now I probably read probably two books a month minimum, right? Well, mm -hmm. I made it a part of my bedtime routine where now I read before I go to bed. I said, ah, this is easier because I'm more in the calm, you know, I'm ready, my mm -hmm. phone's away and, and now I can read and then it tires me out. So it's like figuring out what works for you. But again, making it easier, not like, wake up at five. I'm not that much of a morning person. Like I don't, I don't like getting up early. I used to with my paper route when I was 11. I nice. had to, I'm like, I had, I'm not, I had one too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not getting up if I don't have to, but like, I, but again, I, it, you got to work with whatever's best for you. I think that's a huge thing with habits, right? Is working around your schedule, not work what someone on social media says, you know, I always say, put on that white lab coat, become a scientist, yeah. play around, figure it out. We don't get curious. We don't say, okay, what did I do? How do I feel? What did I eat? How do I feel? How did I sleep? How do I feel? And, and what can we change and tweak? And if you're on that constant never ending journey that I talked about to be the best version of yourself, that white lab coat becoming a scientist is so vital. And, and there's these small wins that you can create that add up to exponential results. And you mentioned, right? The pantry buying the willpower at the store, putting resistance in anything you want to break, making it more difficult versus creating a habit, eliminating any resistance. So it's so easy to do is, is a, such an important piece of the process. One of the things I wanted to ask you, and the kind of on your journey, so you're in corporate America, then you go into the gym and now you're, you know, you're doing as a, a performance coaching. Had you always, and, and I know I'm using the word always, I probably shouldn't, but like for your adult life, let's say, let's use that, right? Were you the one that had a lot of good habits and sound routines and what have you in your corporate life and found that, hey, this is what helped me? Or was that just a big wake up call and you're like, ah, okay, I see now why that's better. And that, I'm kind of curious, like how long 
or was it an epiphany for you of like, my God, my habits suck. I need to improve this, you know? So no, they weren't good or they weren't setting me up for success. And, and I would also add, I was a quiet, quiet, shy, introverted kid growing up, right? My mom always used to tell me the story of how she had to come with me when I was like six to go over to a buddy's house to, you know, hang out with them because I was so quiet and shy. I was the biggest complainer in my senior year class in high school, right? So if you think about it, no, I was not made this way. I had habits of partying, right? Hanging out with the guys till two in the morning. I still remember when I opened up my gym and I was about ready to teach a fitness class at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. And I came downstairs after a late night. My wife's like, you stink of alcohol. She goes, how are you going to teach a fitness class, this health and wellness class, when you smell of booze? I still remember that conversation. It was a great truth bomb. Last year, I decided, hey, is alcohol serving me any purpose? It isn't. So I didn't drink last year. I'm not doing it again this year. And, and that's, again, putting on that white lab coat and saying, hey, is what I'm doing serving me in any way? Is this candy bar going to serve me? No, probably not. Okay, then I'm not going to eat it, right? So no, to answer your question, it's been a journey of iterations. My wife and I laugh about old Jeff versus new Jeff. Right. And, and just that, that journey and evolution that, that we go through and you're going to have times where, Hey, it could be a big event, could be epiphany, but it could be these minor things that you're in a different mindset and you're like, okay, is, is drinking alcohol really serving me? No, it's not 90% of adults drink. I'm going to go against the norm. I tell my sons all the time. If you see the, the herd going down a certain way, yeah. you better go the opposite way because that's not a path you want to follow. So uh, just, just the constant iteration and, and what can I do to get a little uncomfortable and that uncomfortable zone that, that so often we avoid like the plague, that's where growth truly lies. Well, when you, uh, you obviously said, Hey, you know, left your job, started this gym. I'm, I'm kind of curious around opportunity because, you know, as we know, with all of our journey, there's luck that happens. There's things that, you know, whatever we just, you know, sometimes you take the bull by the horns because it came out. Sometimes you, you miss out on the opportunity. But my assumption is, and tell me if I'm wrong, the everything that happened with that pandemic, because the gym and all the rule, you know, the rules that were put in place, all that was that kind of like, was there a tough period of there? And then, but was that the opportunity? Like, would you be doing what you're doing today if the pandemic doesn't happen? Like, will you still be in the gym? I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, like, yeah, I, I mean, it, there, I always say perspective is such a powerful tool, right? And probably not if the gym would probably still still be open. But when the pandemic hit, and this is so, so vital for, for people to really listen to your consistency on a daily basis is so, so important. And I remember the pandemic hit, I had to shut down the gym overnight. I get everybody, you know, one kettlebell or dumbbell. We were doing virtual classes, like moved on Zoom real quick. And people kept asking me, are you still getting up at 4.35 in the morning? I said, you bet. And they said, why? Why don't you sleep in a little bit? I said, because it's a slippery slope. Hmm. My kids were home. My wife were home. What ended up happening in that time frame, that month, two months, three months, where I had a, a, a added space of time, I wrote my book, right? Like the, the, there was beautiful gifts out of it. And to your point, hey, a lot of people lost their lives. I'm, I'm sorry for that, lost their businesses. I lost mine, but it allowed me pivot. And, and when you can just lean into that, 
not fight it and say, okay, there was a gift from this. And there always is a gift from something. You're going to be so much more powerful. You're going to be aligned to your intuition. You're going to be aligned to, to your purpose. And I think that's a, a powerful way to live. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it goes back to the perspective, you know, you'd mentioned it's like, you know, I, I'm a big follower of stoicism. It's something that's been helpful for, you know, I got memento mori tattooed on my, yep, on my nice. uh, arm here and uh, there you you know, go. remember death. And I, it's one of those things though. It's something I think about a lot of like, we can control what we can control, right? You can't, we couldn't control the pandemic that happened. We can't control if the government shuts down stuff. We can't do all that. Like we, all we can control. And that was, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned that because that was a conversation I had with a lot of folks, you know, there was the the one camp that they watched every single Netflix show that existed during that time. And by the way, no judging, that's what they wanted to do. But then mm -hmm. there were other folks like yourself that said, I'm going to write my book. I'm yep. going to, I'm going to, I'm going to still continue to move forward because we're going to get past this and, and I want to be in a better spot. And I think that's the perspective of that consistency. It's like, how are you showing up each day for yourself and your family? Because eventually as things, as you get kind of punched in the face, you have to have a ground, uh, you know, to go back to a foundation to go back to. And if you don't, you know, you start getting uh, unbalanced, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would say those bookends that we talked about a little while ago, yeah. that's the foundation. Yeah. People are, are, are looking to build these massive lives, these massive careers, massive businesses, and they don't have a foundation, a strong foundation that, hey, maybe the business goes sideways. Maybe you get a divorce. Maybe something happens. But if you're still controlling what you do that last 30 minutes, what you do that first 30 minutes, you're going to have a foundation to still get up, still be resilient, still be gritty. But so many aren't. And then when something happens, they're completely off the track and it's months, years maybe, and, and they're just lost, right? Where that foundation, you build that strong, hey, you can weather any storm that life's going to throw at you. So what would you say, this could be something maybe you talk in early conversations with uh, with your clients. It could just be in general, you know, if someone's mm -hmm. getting started, uh, maybe it's a question you pose to them. Maybe it's a, it's a quote, a thought, anything that you would share kind of as a first step for people to get started, get out of that comfort zone and move forward in a better direction. What would you share? Number one is asking them what they truly want in life. And so many times we don't ask ourselves those powerful questions of what do I want? We know what we don't want many times, but we don't, again, get in peace, get in quiet and say, what, what do I truly want? What's important to me? When you figure out that question, when you start to dive into it, all of a sudden it uncovers, okay, yes, this light lights me up. That doesn't. All right, I need to go more down that path of, of things that light me up. So always, always love asking that question. And then I always start at the bookends. Hey, what's your nighttime and morning routine look like? Because I will tell you, in one night, one day, you implement what I share with you, the result is instantaneous. I just I had a guy jump into one of my masterminds, had some trauma in his life when he was growing up, can't sleep through the night. He said, Jeff, I get you know four, maybe sometimes five hours of sleep before I'm awoken and just in this panic. I said, here's what you do. The next day after he did it, he said, I just got six hours of continuous sleep. I can't believe how amazing this was. So we're always looking for this magic pill, but we're looking for pills. We're not looking for things that we can implement that are simple, that are easy, that have profound impacts on our lives. You control those bookends. It's it's amazing to see the uh, the transformation. Yeah, that's awesome, man.
Where, uh, if, if folks want to say hello to you online, where, uh, where do you encourage them to go? Where can they say hello? Yeah, they can go out to, uh, they can go out to my website, themorningfire.com. Got a ton of content out there. I'm out on socials, Instagram, Jeff underscore Wickersham. Got the, uh, the podcast, your hidden edge podcast, which is out on all major platforms, YouTube. I'm out there, Jeff Wickersham morning fire coaching. And if, if you want to grab, uh, grab my book and learn a little bit more about the bookends that I talked about today, you can go out to Amazon rise, fight, love, repeat, ignite your morning fire is the book. Awesome. Jeff, this is a lot of fun. I think we, we packed a lot in a, in a, in a short conversation here, man. So I think everyone's going to get a lot of value out of this. I appreciate you coming on and, uh, and sharing a little bit of your journey and some of the insight there. Now, Brian, thank you for having me. Hey everyone. And just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianandraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in, and have a phenomenal day.